Stories of the human spirit. Candid conversations about action, passion, and love. The law of action is about living in balance, moving forward with momentum in inspired action. Overcome challenges, create success, amplify your life, and achieve things you never thought possible. It's all waiting for you. If you're ready to break through your fears and live your life in massive action, this is the show for you. He's a best-selling author, speaker, advisor, your host, Mr. Action himself, Rob Actis. Welcome to the show, Action Takers. Glad to have you here. Living the Law of Action is based on my book, The Law of Action. And I love to connect with the movers and shakers of the world who are passionate about the good they do for others and who listen to their hearts taking inspired action every single day. If this is your first time joining us or you've been with us for a while, I want to personally thank you for listening in and being here. On this show, my guests, they are incredible. People who are forces for good in the world around them and who live a life of inspired action. My guest today does just that. In this episode, Michael O'Brien and I discuss how all events in your life are neutral until you label them. If you want to become aware of how you label events in your life, learn to reframe your thinking and build resilience through grace, action takers, this is the show for you. Now, prior to preventing bad moments from turning into good, Michael was a healthcare leader in the sales and marketing executive suite. Today, He's the Chief Shift Officer at Peloton Executive Coaching and serves on the Healthcare Businesswomen's Association Global Board. And he's also the creator of Pause, Breathe, Reflect Movement. Michael, welcome to the Living the Law of Action show. Rob, thanks for having me. I love our perseverance. We did it. We, I can't wait for this conversation. We did. I'm so happy. And here's what's perfect. You know, the universe always provides what you need, not necessarily what you want. So, you know, I I love where you talk about how you get to label what happens. So we got on and we had a meeting to do this podcast and we had every technical glitch for the last 27 minutes that you could possibly have. And instead of getting upset, I just took another action and I pivoted. Okay, reset the modem, reset this, reset that. Tried a different platform from Riverside, then moved to Zencaster and then none of that worked. And I'm like, all right. The cool thing is if I would have gotten and labeled it like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. The universe hates me, blah, 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 blah. I probably wouldn't have had that pause moment to figure out my next step. So I took a breath, didn't give it any story, no label. And I'm like, you know what? There's always Clubhouse. And so we are on Clubhouse. And it's cool because now we have an audience and it really makes me level up my game because there's people in the room, man. I got to make sure that I, I deliver. So Michael, thank you so much for being here. Really excited to have you here. And like I said, it's perfect how the universe provides, not necessarily what you need or what you want, but it gives you what you need. Absolutely, Rob. I I think it was a classic example of when things go awry, as they often do, like the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry, Robert Burns, Yeah, that you take a pause, you don't let it trigger you. Again, as you mentioned, we went through a couple different systems, we had a couple different parachutes to pull, none of them worked, and we're like, okay, we can still be in this moment. And the cool thing about it was we didn't get triggered. And that's the big thing around pause, breathe, reflect is 
not allowing those bad moments to get any more fuel than they deserve. So they turn into a bad day or even longer. Yeah, and, and life is too short to get in those moments. And the cool thing is, and it's interesting because I do very similar. So whether I give it a story or I give it a label, like you say, and it's really important to go through life that way. It keeps you centered and focused and not freaking out because what I was doing, I'm like, wow, I am really persevering today. I am not letting any technical glitch stop me. And what happens is people get stopped in whatever they're doing because they create a label for it. They create a label for it and they believe it's not going the way they want it to go, right? So this whole, the the era that we're living in over the, let's call it the last 15, 16 months, has been a lot of uncertainty and we feel like we don't have control. And what most people did before all this and probably thirst for it even more is this sense of control. Like life is supposed to go this way. This is the way it's supposed to be. And then when we have something that happens like tech or anything else under the sun that gives us a curveball, we're like, we argue with reality. And what I learned through the last several years since my accident is that when you argue with reality, reality always wins. <laughs> and so you don't necessarily have to love reality, but there's something beautiful in accepting it, right? So it's about expanding our awareness accepting what is, and then we can take some action. And so we, so often, we just let these these moments, whether they're small, whether they're midsize or large, gain too much fuel, and then off to the races we go. And something that could have just been a brief moment now lasts a full day or even longer. And my thought is, if we can spend more time in an untriggered state, with our parasympathetic nervous system activated, then we can do more connection with each other. And we really thirst for connection. That's how we ripple something worth rippling. Yeah, and it, it gives you power over your life in that you can say, this is just something that happened. And, you know, it's interesting because I just interviewed a gentleman and uh, he is an expert on karma. And it was very, really fascinating, really fascinating. And so people like, the universe hates me. The universe hates me. And, or, you know, why did I deserve this? This is all this. And you got to give it the label. I mean, I could have gotten extremely frustrated. You know, you're a busy professional. I'm a busy professional. I have things to do. And instead of like freaking out, I texted a few people and I said, look, we need to push back a little bit because things happen. And, you know, you don't have to get all riled up. And what happens when you get all riled up, you can't see clear and you can't see what's in front of you. And you're reacting to a lot of what hasn't even happened yet. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, we just, as I was sharing with a client earlier today, we were talking about uncertainty and control and the whole like return to office and all that jazz like that. And this is not necessarily a, a pleasant image, but... We, we talked about uh, dropping your banana. So uh, based on some stories I've heard that in certain parts of Asia, they trap monkeys by having a box. They create a box and they put a slit in the box and they put a banana in the box. So the slit's just big enough for the monkey to get their hand into it, to grab the banana. But when they make a fist around the banana, they can't get themselves removed from the box. And that's how they get trapped. 
And so, so often we grab onto the banana the way it's supposed to be, the want that we have. And we can't let go of that moment. And now we're triggered. Now we're not present. Now we can't make a connection. So if we can ease up on our grip, take a pause when necessary, come back to our breath, which is the body's way of regulating everything. And then the reflection piece of it is really, it can be thought about gratitude. It can be, hey, what do I want to say and do next? But it ultimately gets into into action and being very intentional about the action we wish to take next. Yeah, I love that because, you know, here it is, the law of action, which is decide, plan, and act. And you're in forward momentum. And the cool thing about the law of action is you have the decide, you plan, and then you take massive inspired action. And people miss this part. It doesn't have to be perfect and you can pivot or adjust. So it should be decide, plan, act, and now pause, breathe, reflect, and then pivot, shift, move, or move left or right. So it's perfect in alignment with the law of action. I, I, I love that. Yeah, and the way I look at life is, hey, we're perfectly imperfect to begin with. So this whole idea that there's some perfect outcome I'm not sure who gets to decide that. You know, we can go to the Louvre and look at the Mona Lisa and we can have critics of the painting and we have people that can fall in love with her smile. So, you know, I know we love to talk about this like perfect outcome. We have this vision, but everyone's definition of perfect is slightly, well, it's their own definition. So if we can, you know, live life fully in the moment, you see on my little ring around my photo, slow is fast, at least here on Clubhouse. It's also like, that's important, but also being fully in our moment allows us to live presently. We can have big visualizations, big manifestations, if you will, goals. So that's still important, but we ease up on our grip on that outcome for our happiness. That's where our joy and that's where our ripple happens. And so if we can slow down just a bit and get fully into our moments, I believe getting through this one big pregnant moment, this long moment that we've all lived through, we can build something that's better for all of us as opposed to just some some of us or just a few of us. Absolutely. Now, your life was transformed by your last bad day. And I'm imagining that you gave your last bad day a label. Yes. So that day happened 20 years ago and some change. So it was out in New Mexico for a corporate offsite. It was like one of those typical offsites that we used to do back when we we traveled for work. Back it in was the day. Classic, back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. All those years ago, um, Monday through Friday, uh, a lot of the guys were going to play golf. I decided to bring my bike out. I wanted to cross New Mexico off the states. I've ridden my bike. And to make a long story short, I, on the fourth lap of that morning on July 11th, I came around a bend and a Ford Explorer was coming right at me going 40 miles an hour. He hit me head on. I remember everything about that morning, almost everything. The sound of me hitting his grill, the screech of his brakes, the whole, you know, the whole enchilada, if you will. Of course, that knocked me unconscious. And when I regained consciousness, I asked the EMTs a question that only another psychos can truly appreciate. I asked them, hey, how's my bike? It was my lame attempt to cut the tension of the moment with a little humor. And they're like, your bike's fine. It wasn't fine. They totally lied to me. My bike was destroyed. And I, as a unit, was sort of destroyed too. I broke a whole bunch of everything that morning. And they rushed me to the uh, the hospital in Albuquerque. I actually medevaced me. 
when they put me on the medevac, I made a commitment that if I live, I will stop chasing happiness. I was a, a happiness chaser most of my life, especially in my early career. I thought I was just one promotion away or one material possession away from truly being happy and whatever and whomever spoke to me as they put me on that helicopter, my first helicopter flight, by the way, Rob, and I was uh, somewhat nervous. Here I was fighting for my life and I was nervous about the helicopter ride. And I just said, hey, listen, you know, whoever's listening out there, up there, around there, if I survive this, I promise I'll stop chasing happiness. Again, I didn't know how I was how I was going to do it, but it's one of those crazy things you say when you're sort of fighting for your life. And they flew me to Albuquerque. First surgery lasted 12 plus hours. I spent the next four days in the ICU and I woke up and I realized that life had been flipped upside down. And the big question was, okay, what's next? And that's where the story begins. Wow. Well, first of all, I'm glad that you came through that. It's, it's, it's very scary to have a near-death moment. I have had a few of them, and it puts your life in perspective in ways that you cannot even imagine. Um, I don't wish it on anybody. Like, it was like, I wish I had a near-death experience so I could... You don't. You really don't ever <laughs> want a near-death experience. There is something magical about it and something that I wouldn't wish on really anybody. Um, so I'm glad that you, you came through that and, uh, you're doing what you do. I mean, that's, you know, it's these life transformational moments that make an impact on us where we decide to do the shift and do things different. Absolutely. So the way I look at it is I am very grateful that I went through it, but I would not wish it upon my worst enemy. And I really don't have any enemies, but I, I don't want other people to go through it. That's why I share my story as a way to wake people up to this one wild and precious life to pull from Mary Oliver to, to live life differently. And I think this moment too, the global pandemic is a way to build more awareness to say, Hey, what kind of life do I want to have once we come out of it? Cause eventually, and I know some people have some doubts, but eventually we will come out of it. So what kind of life do you want? How do you want to live? How do you want to work? The doctors told my wife, we were not really sure how your husband survived. And so every day that I have now is a bonus. And right now, as I we talk, Rob, I'm recuperating from a total knee replacement, which was sort of, you know, the spark was the accident. They told me that I would have both knees replaced five years after the accident. With the left one, we made it 20 years. The right one's still doing great, but we made, we 4X their prediction. So right now I'm recuperating from a total knee replacement as we talk. But each day I realized I could show up and I could look at my life, look at my events, have some neutrality. And once I learned that really great tip from a mentor that all the events in my life are neutral until you label them, Michael, and in that moment, I was labeling my accident as I'm the victim. And he said, you know what? You might want to choose a different label. And at that moment in time, I fought him because I thought it was some some type of Star Wars, like Jedi mind trick he was playing on me. <laughs> but then I realized, like, you know what? You know, sometimes you get these, you know, people say something, mentors say something. And you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you, yeah, 
you put it in your back pocket and you marinate on it a little bit and you're like, wow, that guy, that was, that was pretty wise. And I realized, wow, I could label that day any way I wish to. And that's why I decided that day was going to be my last bad day. Because if I can go to bed every night and my head hits the pillow and my wife and my daughters are still in my life and I'm surrounded by people who care for me, how can I call the full day a bad day? Certainly over the last 20 years, I've had some bad moments. I've had, had some angry moments and happy moments and joyful moments. And I've had moments as we all have had. But to label one day fully as a bad day, I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. It doesn't mean it's the land of rainbows and unicorns. But when I go to bed each night and I have people in my life that I can ripple into and they ripple into me, there's no way that I wish to call that full day a bad one. Yeah, I love that. It's it's the first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning. And you know, you wake up. Right before, right before you open your eyes, you you wake up, and then what happens is you have that moment where you're awake, and then what I like to do is just say, "I'm so grateful to be alive. I'm just so grateful." I, you know, you go to bed and you're like so grateful you had another day, and then you wake up the next day. And if you wake up the next day, um, you get to say, "I'm so grateful for being alive." So how how do we relabel events in our life? So for example. Let's just talk about during the pandemic. People have lost their businesses. I lost two businesses during the pandemic. So how do you, and it was devastating. Devastating, one, because there were so many people impacted by it. But two, um, there was severe or serious or a large, I just go on and on and on with all these words, um, financial impact in a negative way (laughs) for me. So how does one relabel or label such an event like that when normally you would say oh my god that's so terrible but i'm curious how let's just take it out of the box and say lost a business how do you relabel that well i would first start with saying that's got to be extremely tough to lose a business and you know also not knowing how that feels so we went through a lot of loss on multiple levels over the last 15 16 months And all of what we experienced, you know, we went through this storm together, although we may not have been in the same boat. We grieved, we lost, uh, we mourned, um, whether it's anything under the sun, like a business and people and everything in between. And so I think it's important to feel what we need to feel. uh, And an internet speak would be feel the feels, if you will. So I think that's important to have that moment. and. Then it comes into sort of this model of grace that I use, which stands for gratitude, reframing, awareness, community, and energy. And it's not necessarily linear, so you're not going to do you know the gratitude before the reframing. Every situation is a little bit different, you know. So we we use the model in different ways. But again, the first thing I would say is like that's got to be tough, Rob. Like, um, how did you deal with it? And then we get into, you know, okay, what's the gratitude of the moment? I'll go in linear way just to go through the whole model, but looking at the gratitude in the moment, because I do believe that we can be grateful for those gems in life, but we can also be grateful for the tough moments in our lives. 
much like no no bud no lotus so that lotus flower that we see so beautifully on the lily pad it grows through the, through the mud and the muck and the dark and the dank and i know this about many people is that some of our best moments of growth came from some of our darkest times and so i look there just look at gratitude not only in the happy moments but also some of the tough moments and how can we be grateful for the moment i think First, though, we got to get to the R, which is reframing. Yeah, And that's one of the things that my mentor shared with me back in the day. He was like, Michael, do you think this happened to you or did it happen for you? And at first I was like, no, this totally happened to me. This should not have happened. The driver had a revoked license. This is so unfair. I was wrong. I want revenge. I'm going to get back at him. He was like, well, what if it happened for you instead? How would life be different? What, how would you see things differently? And when we look at the global pandemic, I think that's a good question for us to ask is how did this moment happen for us? The loss happened for us. And again, for people who lost loved ones, this is tough. I'm not saying this is easy. This is challenging, but that's a really, I think, key question to ask ourselves in these moments. The A stands for awareness. So what do we now see, right? It's trying to expand our aperture, right. uh, get into awareness, acceptance, and then ultimately action. The C stands for community. Who can we tap into in our lives to get through this moment? Uh, I call it who's in your Peloton because I'm still a cycling geek and a Peloton is a group of cyclists who are helping each other go down the road as fast as possible. And the E is all about managing our energy well. So um, looking at those different pillars, if you will, in the GRACE model, can help us get through that moment. But I think the first two, Rob, is how did this moment happen for you versus to you? Just to be curious with that. And then perhaps then we can step into what do we find that's that that's filled with a little bit of gratitude in that given moment. Yeah, without going into great detail, I did a, a previous podcast, but um, so losing a business was actually one of the greatest things. The I had a day spa, one of the greatest things that happened to me and that it has allowed me to totally focus on podcasting. Right after I lost the business, um, that's when I purchased Life Transformation Radio, my other podcast. And that has been life transformational. I can't even, cannot even recognize my life now that I now have taken the reins of that because of the people whose paths I've crossed and also the information that has been delivered to me by the guests that I've had on the show. So, you know, I... I've done a lot of work on myself. So if, if you're listening to this right now, you're in the audience and you're listening to this, I want you to know that I've done a lot of work in this. And so I have learned to reframe stuff very quickly and it is a process. And so I don't want you to think that I'm in any way discounting someone's uh, inability to do that as quickly as I'm saying that I'm doing. I lost a big business. It was, I lost lots and lots of money. And I'm like, you know what? This is the best thing because now I can focus on this radio show. And yes, it hurt. I cried. It was a lot of money. I was really sad. And then I discovered the universe sends clues to you and lets you know when you're in your lane and when you're in your zone and when you're in flow. And I wasn't in flow. That's not what I was supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be doing these podcasts. I'm supposed to be coaching my clients. I'm supposed to be making a significant impact in the world. And now my focus is on that and not retail. I love that, Rob. I think, hey, and retail, hey, 
retail was tough before the pandemic. Oh, it's yeah. even tougher after. And so the thing about mindfulness, uh, meditation, gratitude, uh, resilience, optimism, all the different practices that we can have, when we pay attention to what we practice, we do get better at it. And we get better at it, the reframing of it, these moments that we, we understand with greater awareness when we're triggered. We can then take a pause, catch our breath, and reflect, and maybe even in reframe to say, okay, what's happening in this moment? Why am I triggered? Um, what do I wish to do and say next? Where may there be opportunity in this? How is it happening for me versus to me? What, where can I see the gratitude in the moment? The more we do it, again, really paying attention to what we practice because we get better at what we practice, especially if we do the practicing really well. Like many folks out there, I used to be in this in this camp, I would ruminate a lot. So I got really good at rumination. <laughs> and now as you go through this and you practice it, you get faster at recognizing it. So your awareness gets sharper. Your acceptance of the moment gets a little bit easier to get to. And now you can step into action that may, that can be more intentional and allows you to move into, uh, you know, where you want to take this moment. How do you want to shift from it and start rippling something worth rippling? Absolutely. So one of the things that I've discovered during this pandemic is that, and I've talked about this before, and it's always been in my book, The Law of Action, is that at any moment your life can change. And I'm talking rapidly change, just like a snap of the finger, and your life can be great today, and it can be horrific tomorrow, or horrific in the next hour. And I think most people heard that, and they they saw other people's lives, they're like, it's not going to happen to me. I got a great life, got a great job, I've got this, I got a business, I got everything, all my ducks in a row, you know, all my family's here, we're all healthy, blah, blah, blah. And the universe decided that it was going to make it very clear to the world that at any moment your life can change and that people need to really be present and really be appreciative of everything they have. And to really, I, I think this is a universal activity which is happening. I will say that people that never thought they were resilient are discovering how resilient they are. I, I love all the people that have reinvented themselves during this time. I mean, it's been fascinating. Some people were laid off work and all of a sudden they started, you know, I, I have a friend that she needed extra money. She was a single mom. And what did she start doing? She started flipping dressers. Like, how cool is that? Flipping dressers, buying dressers for $20, $30, using her design expertise painting them, sanding them, and then flipping them for a couple hundred dollars. And she was making more money than she was making at her job. And she never, she told me, she goes, I never would have ever thought of that because I was so comfortable in my life. And then all of a sudden, like you always talk about, life changed, like just like that. I couldn't believe it. One day I have this incredible job. I have all this money. Everything's fine. And Tomorrow, I wake up, the next day I wake up, and it's all gone. And now what? So I, I think people are discovering how truly remarkable they are and how resilient. And I'm not saying this has been a great thing. It's been very devastating in a lot of ways to a lot of people. 
And you can relabel it, as you say. And it has truly been a gift if you see it as relabeled of like, what are my opportunities to be the best person that I can be? Like you said earlier, of like, how am, who am I going to be when this is all over? And it's going to be over. It just might not be really soon. But I will say that people are getting incredibly stronger, incredibly resilient, and they're finding their true strength deep, deep, deep inside their core. I totally agree, Rob. And I love that story about your friend and the dressers. That is creativity in action. I love the innovation. And I agree with you. I think a lot of people over the last, you know, now close to a year and a half have discovered they're more resilient than they ever thought. You know, we can do hard things. We can get through hard moments. And this has been certainly a majorly hard moment for all of us. And, and again, yeah. in different ways, um, you know, I, the best thing I've heard through the whole thing is we've been in the same storm, but not necessarily in the same boat. And I think taking stock, taking a moment to really think through, like, what have you discovered about yourself and what do you desire going forward? I think it's, that's good work to do. Call it inner work, call Absolutely. it emotional labor. <laughs> I think it's important work to do in order to create the tomorrow that we all wish to step into. And one of the cool things, you know, we are here on Clubhouse recording this. And I think that the magic of Clubhouse has been is that this has been like the best, baddest, most incredible, free mastermind conversation that has transpired people's lives. I mean, the conversations and the depth of the conversations that have been on Clubhouse have been truly remarkable and so, so deep. And people have really contributed to people in so many ways. And I hope this continues as we get out of this. I hope that people still keep having these deep conversations because we found a new way to connect. People like, oh, you know, social media is keeping them unconnected. Well, we discovered that when we got locked down and we weren't able to go out, that we were losing our minds. All the extroverts, now I'm an extrovert. My wife is an introvert. She was like working in from home and she's loving it. She didn't have to do any meetings. She had to talk to anybody. They weren't even doing Zoom thing because I guess people were just not wanting to do that. But she was just doing her thing, getting her assignments. And I miss people. I had just, before the pandemic hit, I had been on stages. I'd traveled like 47 times in 2019, um, in the beginning of 2020. And I was around a lot of people, hugging people, kissing people, you know, loving on people, feeling their energy, laughing and just being with people. And as an extrovert, that was devastating. And so we all had to learn to adapt. And then Zoom came on and then we started to have those conversations. And then we got tired of having to get dressed up every day. So Clubhouse is here. And it's been incredible to learn so much and to do that work. And so I want to acknowledge everybody in the room right now in Clubhouse because a lot of you I know, and I know how much of an impact you've made on so many people by the conversations and what you've shared with others on this platform. I really do think, Rob, it's been a game changer. I, th I think it's been a game changer because so many people thirst to be heard, to be seen, and to be loved. When I look yeah. at some of the world's problems, 
and I point back to one of those three things. I, I don't feel heard. I don't feel seen. I don't feel loved. In Clubhouse, you know, maybe the whole thing about being seen is a little bit more difficult, but certainly being heard, right? So it's a platform that has allowed people to be heard and to share some space and to share ideas and to share mastermind wisdom, but also share vulnerable stories and connect it in a way where people weren't connecting in this way even prior to the pandemic. So I think, yeah, Clubhouse has been a game changer, different than any other social platform because you have to be in the conversation right now. It's not part of your feed. Right. And it gives a chance for people to be heard, seen, and loved in the moment. And I think we crave that as just human creatures, human beings. And people have been so vulnerable in their sharing, which has allowed other people to be more vulnerable in their sharing. And it's been such a beautiful thing. So I just want to acknowledge everybody in this room that's listening right now as we record this podcast. Um, you have had an impact on me and your great shares. And it's just been incredible. Um, as we, as we start to wind things down, I, I want to talk to you about building resilience through grace. I would love that, Rob. That's for me, grace. When I think of grace, I just think of ballerinas, although I'm not a ballet aficionado. I, I look at ballerinas with strong core, strong cores and just the fluidity of their movement. Yeah. And so for me, like to me, that's grace. Uh, uh, meeting our moments, letting them unfold with a certain level of grace. And with that too, maybe a certain level of faith or belief, or hope, however you want to phrase it, love so that. we can be fully in our moments. Yeah, I love that. So I, I think of flow as 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 um, grace as well. It's just, you just let things flow, and you just, we're, oh, I love that. Resilience through grace is such a beautiful thing. I love that. Yeah, and I love flow. Once you've gotten into flow, you know this, Rob, once you get into moments of flow, you're like, oh, I want some of that back, right? Because that's where, that's where our greatness happens. And so, again, as we talked about earlier, we can have big goals. We should have big goals. We should visualize. We should manifest. And then we should let go of the banana and just like ease into it and be present. In the present moment, that's where we can have flow. That's where we can have grace. And when we experience flow, when we experience you know, grace, when we have a challenging moment, and if we play in traffic, as we all do, Life is going to, you know, throw us some challenges. And when I went to New Mexico for that meeting, it was the standard meeting. I woke up that morning expecting to put in 20 miles and then come back and attend the meeting and be tortured by PowerPoint for the rest of the day. I wasn't expecting my life to be tipped upside down. But tapping into grace, that gratitude, the reframing, awareness, community, and energy allowed me to recover from what was supposed to be the end of my life. As the doctor said, we're not sure how your husband survived. Not only did I survive, but in a lot of ways, and this sounds very cliche, I've thrived from that moment. That last bad day has been like one of my best days because it helped me wake up to life, to be in flow, to be graceful and to ripple something worth rippling. And now we get to do it here on Clubhouse and spread that message. And yeah, it's a, it's a real gift. I'm forever grateful for that moment, even though there's been a lot of pain and suffering 
and moments where I've had some doubt, I'm forever thankful for that one moment because it changed everything. Yeah, it's interesting. So I was on a, a guest on a podcast a while ago, a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about some of my near-death experiences. And what I found really interesting to me was she said, all right, Rob, so all this stuff has happened to you. If you could go back in time and change it so that it never happened, would you? I said, absolutely not. And she said, I asked that questions of hundreds of people and they always say, absolutely not. Uh, I, I, I am such a better human being because of what I went through. I don't wish what I went through. And I'm talking all the way back to childhood when I was molested as a kid. All that trauma, I would never change any of it because I have thrived by it and I'm not a victim. It has not determined my future. It has allowed me to create a future based on thriving and I wouldn't change any of it. I feel the same way. I, I, for me, I wear my scars with pride. I believe I'm like Kintsugi art, once shattered but not broken, put back together more beautifully. And my scars are symbols not of my weakness, but of my strength that I've gotten through 100% of my bad moments, 100% of my bad days, just like all the listeners, everyone here on Clubhouse. And it's a testament to what we can do. And the thing is, this is something I wish to underscore. I didn't do it alone. I'm only here today because I had a community of, of people leading with starting with my wife and my girls and friends and families and strangers. And even current day communities I've met here on clubhouse that have helped me continue to pedal forward. So yes, things happen for us. That's the individual focus, but we get through these moments together. That's how we travel farther. That's how we ripple something wider that this is a, a team effort, this thing called life that we're all part of. So I'm here today sharing my story, but there's a whole bunch of people that have had impact on my story and I'm forever grateful for them. Well, I'm forever grateful to have you here today. And if you want to reach Michael, you can go to his website at michaelobrienshift.com. If you want to know the spelling, just check it out in the show notes. And I want to thank you, uh, Michael, for being here today. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me, Rob. And again, as we mentioned up front, I love the way that we were uh, persistent with making this happen. And we didn't let a bad moment turn into a bad day. We're able to record this podcast. So... I love you, brother. Thanks for all the work that you do in the world and the ripple that you're rippling. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy and precious day. That means you, all the wonderful people here on Clubhouse and you listening here on the Living the Law of Action show. We are so excited to bring this to you. And thank you for allowing me, along my very special guest, Michael O'Brien, to touch your heart, move you, inspire you. Remember, take time out to breathe. Decide, plan, act. Don't let fear stop you. You got this. I'm Rob Actis. Live a life of inspired action.
Thank you for listening to the Living the Law of Action show with Mr. Action, Rob Actis. Please rate, review, and subscribe.